Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. My guest today is a global brand and communications C-suite leader. She's held senior management positions in corporate communications for a host of companies. She's accomplished a lot, including writing the very first communications and training program to address sexual harassment in the workplace. Today, she is the president and founder of the Sound Advisory Group, where she writes, speaks, and consults in the areas of reputation and thought leadership strategy, strategic communications and crisis management. She also teaches PR, leadership, organization, communications, and marketing at both NYU and Columbia. And she is a cultural enthusiast and a graduate of the Tisch School of the Arts. Okay, I'm exhausted already, but as if that is not enough, she is also the founder and convener of a brand new global uh, brand new global brand convergence event that is launching in, on April 21st, which we will talk about today. Welcome to the podcast, my friend Jacqueline Strayer. That's great to be with you, Joanne. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, I'm excited to learn more about this new venture. But before we start that, I always like to ask my guests, where are you from? I'm from the, I'm from New York. Happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get to where you are now? Can you do that shortly, quickly, briefly? I don't know. You mean like get to like where I'm, what I'm doing now or get yes. to New York? <laughs> <laughs> get to where it's always you know, a little it's, you know, when we go down life's road, we take a lot of twists and turns. I was just talking about this with one of my students this morning. I've had, you know, 10 different careers in my career. And so it's not really just one thing, it's many things. But I will say that each step along the way kind of moved me into new directions, including the one that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny because the more, the longer I've had this podcast and the more different people I talk to, the more that I hear no one has a, a straight path. It's everyone's got this, you know, certain things have just taken them in different directions to get to where they are right now. But before we get into this very exciting event that you're launching in April, can you tell us a little bit about what you do now? I know you've created something called the 90 second you. I don't know. Can you do that in 90 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the whole point. So, you know, it's interesting in terms of where I am now. I mean, I spent 25 plus years in very large global public companies and was an officer of three of them and was, you know, traveling a lot and had a great really a great career. Um, You know, when my last company was bought in a very sizable public transaction, I had the opportunity to kind of rethink what I wanted to do. And so in that process, one of my friends uh, was teaching at NYU and he said, have you ever thought about teaching? And I actually never did. And, you know, lo and behold, fast forward two weeks later, while I was still in my old job, um, and while you asked me to teach two courses and it's six years later, and now I've taught 11 different courses across four different programs. Um, and, and in that process, I have re- kind of, in, in, in some senses, reinvented myself because all I really wanted to do at that point 
was to really do interesting work with interesting people that was meaningful to me. That was really kind of my goal, my vision for myself. And so in that process, I've, you know, learned a lot by teaching. I've been able to re-explore my own writing, which I didn't really have time to do before. Um, I had a podcast. I'm launching a second podcast. I've uh, got a trademark and have applied for three additional trademarks, which is the digital narrative, the 92nd U. And so there's a whole host of things that I have been able to explore about my own interests uh, as a result of basically being able to reflect about what is important to me. I think oftentimes when people are in careers, you're so busy doing the job that you don't really have time to think about yourself. And so, so this true. actually, it, and it gave me a chance to reset myself. And so I think that's uh, this new effort that I'm doing, the global brand convergence is really just an outgrowth of this journey that I've been on of late. Okay. So let's talk about this. April 21st is the big launch date and you call it a free online experience for marketing and public relations students, faculty, and professionals showcasing global thinkers, creators, and artists. Can you talk about this, what that all that means? Yeah, so this was kind of one of these ideas that started germinating last, last year, last summer, in fact. And it was kind of a, a number of things that came together, uh, like many of us in the pandemic, being people being isolated and alienated. And I, you know, I tried a number of different things for my students, many of whom were far from home and couldn't get home. And I started talking to people about what could I do? What could mm -hmm. I do to give access to people around the world who may not necessarily have access to some of the great minds in the practice of PR and marketing? And how could I create something like that? And I, you know, it really, it started with one conversation at a time and it grew into something that became what the global grand convergence is. What, ha what has really struck me over the last couple of years and I'm fortunate that I have friends all over the world and connections all over the world, is that I am very fortunate to teach in two premier universities. Not everybody has the access mm -hmm. to that. You're right. And so I, I thought, what could I do to give access to anybody, anywhere, that wanted to learn from some really great minds and not have to pay for it. So many of these premier experiences, you have to be a member, there's a fee. Um, I didn't want any of that. I just really wanted to have an open forum so that people could attend and learn from some great people. I didn't know what, we, what, what topics we were gonna cover. And the other thing that I really wanted to do, Joanne, is I didn't want to have to uh, you know, I didn't want I didn't want to have anyone have to be a sponsor, a paid sponsor. And so one of the basically the ground kind of at the, at the ground level when I was creating it, it was something that I could actually fund myself. There are no paid sponsors to this because I didn't really want to be beholden to anybody in terms of an agenda that they might have. And so in this process, it's been something that actually has resonated with a lot of people that this is something that I believed in and was willing to kind of put myself out there on. And it really connected a lot of people who may not necessarily have been as interested because of the altruistic purpose in which I created this. And it's been a remarkable experience. I, I kind of grew an advisory committee of people. Um, some people who I've known a very long time in different parts of the world, and they 
We start having conversations about what would this basically this event be. And so then I created a series of topics that I thought were really relevant in this moment because my teaching and my writing is all about what's going on in the world now. And I identified topics and then I sourced, started sourcing speakers, speakers and panelists and moderators. This, the- is a, this, is a tr- <laughs> this is a true, true passion project. It absolutely is a passion project. I and mean, that's, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, I, I will say that I was just talking, I have a media partner who's based in Singapore. His name is Jay Sue, and he's the CEO of this company named Moving Bits. And he does marketing for really big brands in Asia. And I didn't know him before this. And he's become a really, really good friend. And he, he and I and several other people have really kind of come together in this process. What I decided to do was I also, I'm a former producer. And so I really wanted to add some of the elements of producing, of having it be more of an experience than just a series of people talking about topics. And so in addition to the panels, which are really you know, different topics, very interesting, in my opinion, in terms of what people are interested in hearing about, is I added an, what, an entertainment factor. And so in addition to having speakers and panelists, we have... Um, we have people that are in the performing arts that will actually be part of this from different parts of the world. So we're going to have segments of dancers, Latin dancers, uh, Indian dancers. We have a very, very well-known jazz musician who's coming to us from Singapore. We have um, a phenomenal R&B singer that is a incredible New York story that I met in the subway in 42nd street in times square performing. She's amazing. I mean, so what I decided to do was, you know, we go to these meetings on, on zoom and we, you know, listen to people, what could make this more of an experience. Mm -hmm. And so in this process, we're going to have these wonderful speakers and panelists, but we're also going to have these wonderful artistic performances that are also going to be included in this. So it's going to be more of a, for lack of a better way of saying it, more of a produced event than just a regular Zoom kind of event, which is why I call an experience. You're calling it an experience. And I also noticed that you use the word convergence and not conference. And I'm going to just going to take a wild guess that that was intentional. Can you talk about the wording on that and why, why you did that? Well, what I'm hoping to, you know, it's, 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 It's very interesting. When you start something new, you never know where it's going to go. And what I would, I kind of, what I, what I started out was how can I, how can I start creating a community of people that could come together who may not necessarily know each other, but that can learn from each other that may, maybe some friendships can form. I was hoping that what I would create a community from this event, from the beginnings of this event. I mean, if if people walk away from this event with a new friend, a new idea, a realization, I will have met my goal. I mean, I'm not like have this lofty goal that this is going to be some life changing experience, of course. <laughs> but what I wanted to do was actually have a point of enlightenment that and, and have it be enjoyable. And so I set out to kind of cultivate an agenda of topics that I thought were really relevant. And, and then that would be enhanced by these performances. Also, a number of our speakers have their own visuals. 
So for example, some of our speakers will be rolling in their own video segments because it's extremely relevant to what they're going to be talking about. So it's not going to just be kind of talking heads. It's really mm -hmm. going to be a lot of, you know, enriched con content as people, you know, are experiencing this uh, on April 21st. And what are some of these topics that you've that you've isolated here for this? Yeah, so it's I mean, I think you can kind of uh, look at this in terms of things that I reflected on. And I, after talking with a lot of people thought were important. So, for example, everyone in the practice of marketing and PR are focused on storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to have storytelling as a topic. And so we have storytelling essentials, lessons from a film director. And I have a phenomenal film director, Daniel Ambroso, who is really groundbreaking. He did a film about the alt-right that came out last year called White Noise. He followed the alt-right for four years. He was oh, wow. working for The Atlantic when he was doing that. Now he's at The New Yorker. And he's going to be talking about, you know, how he creates his films and creates a storyline. And I think it's an opportunity for people to learn firsthand from someone who's doing it real time. We also have a topic called social entrepreneurs, uh, which is, and it's focused on building your sphere of influence and social impact. And actually on this panel is one of my former students who was an Obama scholar. He's in Bangladesh. His name is Shazib Islam. He's, uh, he does a lot of work in this space in Bangladesh. He's brilliant and he's, he's a really a powerhouse in that part of the world. He does work in Bangladesh and in India. Joining him will be another Obama scholar, Flavia Maya, who is based in Brazil. She is a, um, she's a PhD and she really focuses her work in Brazil on climate change, but she's focused on kind of a remote part of Brazil where people don't really know the climate change effects in that part of the country because there's a lot more kind of focus on the Amazon and what's been created by climate change there. So she and he will talk about their work relative to being social entrepreneurs and building their influence in their in kind of their their area in their in their part of the world. In addition to that, um, there's, you know, obviously there's a big topic that a lot of people don't understand but are curious about. And so we're going to have the best-selling author who's going to come to us and talk, talk to us about how do brands formulate strategy around non-fungible tokens, NFTs. <laughs> so he's a, he's a, he's a fellow um, professor at Stern where I teach um, in the business school at NYU. And so he's going to be talking about that. He just came out with a piece in the Harvard Business Review. So I'm very excited about that. In addition to that, one of the elements that as marketers and PR people we struggle with oftentimes is being culturally relevant when we're dealing with different cultures. And so we, the topic of marketing, um, when East meets West and when West meets East, um, how to basically bridge that those cultural differences. And so our two panelists are really interesting because one of them, who's actually my media partner on this, on this global brand convergence is Jay Sue, who's helped brands that were Western go to basically go Eastern. And then we have someone who is actually representing a, an Eastern brand. She opened a hotel in London, um, so in the West. So they ha both have kind of different experiences that they're going to be talking about. And, and that's focused in the hospitality sector. Then we have, uh, you know, because we have such a, a big student population that'll be joining us, and then, you know, intentionally, this is importantly for students, um, 
we have two very different learning journeys and it's called the road tank and two learning journeys. I originally had a different title for this, but you'll see why I changed it. Originally, it was going to be five years out. and We're looking at what graduates have, have been doing since they graduated and got their mm -hmm. degrees. Then I came across someone that hadn't graduated, but definitely did have a learning journey. So our first speaker is a guy named Rainer Wa. He is from Singapore. He was actually in university. And while he was there as an undergrad, he got connected to someone who was, um, you know, basically an inventor. And they created an artificial intelligence device that reads food waste. And he had always been interested in the concept of people, you know, waste food, we make too much food. And so this device that he has actually created reads food waste and it is, is being marketed and sold to airlines, restaurant chains, hotel chains all over Asia. And so his learning journey was an incredible journey, but it wasn't that of somebody graduating university and then going out and getting a job. So we have his learning journey juxtaposed to Sneha Satish, who went to the Newhouse School at Syracuse and got her master's degree in, in communications. And she's had a very enviable kind of, but more traditional career mm -hmm. in terms of agency work. And she's a, a brilliant young woman. And so, you know, she comes originally from India. She's living in the US, he's based in Singapore. Then we have kind of a more traditional, but actually interesting topic because uh, my colleague and friend who I've known a very long time, pre-teaching at, at NYU, Helio Fred Garcia, he's a crisis expert. We, mm -hmm. we talked and he was one of my, he was one of my advisory committee members. He was extremely helpful last summer when I, it was actually my first in-person meeting with anyone in the pandemic. <laughs> wow. And I went, to, I went to his office and we sat down and I said, okay, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And so we started brainstorming and we forced we were going to talk about crisis in the post pandemic. And he said, you know, Jacqueline, there's no post pandemic. It's an enduring pandemic. I, I couldn't and agree more. Right. I could not agree more. It's, so, it's so, so true. So it's crisis in an enduring pandemic. And so but in addition to that, we're going to be talking about because when we when we conceptualize this topic, we didn't have what's going on in the world right now. And of course, who knows? We're talking about this, you know, in March, but who knows April 21st where the world be where the world will be with the uh, Ukraine Russia war, and so that also is an, an, a really significant element of how organizations and leaders address crisis. No, it's um, it's funny that you said that because I was talking about this yesterday with my students. I said for the last two years, all I've talked about is how we all have to address this enduring market condition of the pandemic. And now we've got what's happened in, in Ukraine that may seem very far away to those of us who are sitting here in New York right now, but it does affect all of us. It affects all of us because this, the, the, the effects, it's just, they're far reaching. And now as brands and organizations, we have to pay attention to it. So I think that's going to be really interesting, to, especially considering that we're almost a, a full month out here from when we're recording and when this will happen. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, in, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And hopefully by that time, there'll be peace in the world or things will be settled. He's going to be joined, actually, by Dong Guangpeng, who is in China. And Dong is a very well-regarded 
a PR strategist, university professor and, and scholar. And so we're really excited to have him on the program. And he's at the panel is, and you know, it's interesting, and I did mention this, our moderators are exceptional. So the moderator for this panel is, is Ileana is from, she's actually based in uh, Belgium, but she's Greek by, by birth. And she is moderating the panel. She represents three NGOs in the European Union. And she's actually dealing with some of the issues around supply chain because of the Ukrainian situation, because of the NGO she works with. So we have these very uh, fascinating people that are also moderating the, moderating the panels. So it's not just uh, the speakers themselves, it's actually the panelists, uh, panelists moderators. So they are amazing and accomplished people as well. Now, will people be able to ask questions? Have you set it up like that through this or is it just gonna be pretty much the panel? So what we've uh, decided, because, you know, it's anything that you do like this, you have no idea how many people are going to show up. Exactly. Right? And so, mm-hmm. so we're hoping and we're marketing and and I'd like to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but uh, what we decided to do is that people could submit questions in advance. We okay. will have a chat open. But because if we have hundreds of people, it's just impossible for mm-hmm. us in three, you know, three and a half, four hours to cover the questions that need to be asked as well as deal with real-time questions from people in the audience. So we're just asking them to submit them in advance rather than having them ask them in the moment. And how, how long an event is this? Is it a full day or? No, no, it starts at 8 a.m. We went, we went through this. I mean, you know, what's the optimum amount of time that people will stay on Zoom? And I know that people have Zoom fatigue, but in this process, we realized that we couldn't cover these subjects for less than four hours. So it's going to be between three and a half and four hours, because don't forget, we have these, uh, each panel is about half an hour. And then we have these artistic performances and these video roll-ins that come in. So they will be coming in. So for example, when Daniel Lombroso, the um, film director speaks, I mean, we're going to see some segments from some of his films and he's going to talk about them. That's a really interesting thing. We're going to see how Rainer made, you know, this artificial intelligence device. We're going to see how that actually works. So people get an understanding and say, wow, this is really interesting. So I think and and also because our speakers come from all over the world (laughs) that I mean, they they literally do. And our moderators come from all over the world that uh, and our performers come from all over the world, that this is really as diverse an agenda and a program and people that you could want. And, you know, people said to me, how did this happen? Because I have these like, you know, electronic flyers with everybody's photo on it. What a diverse, (laughs) I mean, it's diverse in every regard. It's diverse, not just from, from gender or race. It's also from age and just interest area and education and all these different experiences. And I said, well, when you have diverse topics like this, this is kind of what happens. And when you leave yourself open to exploring different people who are coming from different places and, and, and when everybody has kind of ideas and they're sharing them. And then, you know, what was, what's really been wonderful is that people have been so incredibly positive in this process. I mean, it really, there is just, just a groundswell of kindness and generosity like I've never experienced. It's yeah. really wonderful. It's really, really just, wonderful. It's, it's kind of nice when we see so much horribleness going on in the world right now to know that there's so much kindness out there too. So anybody can sign up. 
So yeah, anybody can sign up. And I'll put um, all the links in show notes. Yeah. Later, yeah. But. The, uh, the, uh, it's, we're using a zoom platform. I've had a great experience working with the zoom consultants on understanding kind of making this, you know, you know, as effective as possible. I've learned a lot more about zoom in the process. Um, but you know, in addition to that, when I started this, this process, um, what I, what I was able to do was to get some really well-regarded organizations to be my media partners. They're not, there's no, there's no paid sponsorship here, mm-hmm. as I said, but they're communicating it. So I have the Global Alliance, which is a huge organization of 400,000 members. I have the American Marketing Association, New York chapter, which has a very big global big. reach. Peak. So, and I've spoken at events for them. So I'm, quite familiar and they are advancing the information about this to their membership. I have the International Association of Business Communicators, which is also, they're actually interviewed several people that are on the program and putting it out to their 15, 20,000 global members. So we've had, I've had some really great um, publicity and marketing through these partners that have embraced this and just want to be part of it. It's just been really terrific. Do you see this as an annual event? Do you have a a long-term vision for it? You know, it's funny. I teach strategy and all of that. I teach everybody about how you have to have a vision and all of this, right? So people say, okay, Jacqueline, what's your vision? I'm like, okay, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. But I think think the way we look at this, I mean, and I was just talking with some people who are involved with this this, uh, just this past week. Um, we see this as an annual event, whether we start doing offshoots of this event, I don't know, but at the very least, it's going to be an annual event. And there are a lot of, a lot of people wanted this to be an in-person event. I will say that. And a lot of people, especially my friends from all over the world, wanted it to be in New York. And so, you know, they wanted a reason to come here. And so, um, I don't know whether that will happen or not, but for right now, we're going to. We're going to learn a lot from this first mm-hmm. one. We're hoping that we really get a good global engaged audience, that it's successful and that, um, you know, that we leave people wanting for more because I think that's ultimately what you want. You want and, people to. And will you be recording it and having these yes, clips we'll, up on your website? Yeah, we're going to, we're recording it. In fact, it's interesting. In addition to my advisory committee who have been really helpful I have a media advisory committee, which is comprised of students and former students of mine. And so they have been instrumental. One, in fact, created the website um, single-handedly. I mean, she was amazing. And then these other students of mine, former students of mine, um, tested the website and we had microsite testing. And then uh, they've been actually involved in some of the communications and interviews of some of our panelists. So that's also been really helpful to get so many people involved in different ways that could be part of this and, you know, claim to be part of the first one that we're doing. Yeah, it's pretty, I'm very, very impressed with what you're creating here. So what do you hope people walk away from this event with? Is there any vision? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think I might've mentioned it earlier. I mean, I, I, I'm keeping it really simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that, um, Oftentimes we set out these really lofty goals for something. And because it's new, we don't really know where it's going to go. Exactly. Um, So I think if people come away with, you know, a new idea, uh, a new friend, 
um, a new inspiration, uh, something they might want to explore more on their own. Um, there, I think that will be, we will have been successful. The, each of these speakers are really accomplished people. Each of the performers are really fascinating people. And I think that, um, and it's an unusual agenda because it's eclectic in terms of where these mm -hmm. people are and what they do. And uh, I wasn't bound by any traditional sense because this is new. And so we were able to look at lots of different kinds of people to be part of the program, but they're all incredibly smart people, all very accomplished. And the other thing is they're, they're nice people. They've been really, really welcoming and easy to work with. It's been really just a really blessing for me to have, have this opportunity. But as, I, as I'm listening to you, too, I'm thinking, oh, wow, she's talking Eastern time. Some of these people are going to be getting up in the middle of the night to do this. Well, I have mm -hmm. a I have a call with my my media partner in Singapore um, every other week. And now it's every week. And uh, I, I get up really early. So it's not so, so much of a problem for him. But, yeah, I mean, the, the time difference is a problem. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, 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 we have to work with it. I mean, we had to decide what time it would start and what would end. And we decided on an 8 a.m. Eastern time, was, which is when it would start for people on the West Coast. And we have quite a big number of people from the West Coast coming. It's going to be really early there. It's going to be 5 a.m. And conversely, if you're in eight parts of Asia, it's going to be 8 p.m. But it's real was really the best time to really mm -hmm. hold it overall. And so that's how we settled on the time. Yeah. So, so I just want to segue for a, a, a minute here and then I have some questions to wrap all this up with. Um, you've been in the business a long time, as have I, in this marketing and communications. What what do you see? What have you seen as the biggest changes? Uh, I think I think that's a uh, I think there's many elements of that. I mean, don't forget, I also I also teach reputation. And so I oh, always right. connect. I connect kind of how organizations and, and I teach leadership. So how you look at how brands evaluate themselves or leaders evaluate themselves. I think, I think what we've seen very recently uh, because of this situation, this horrible situation in the Ukraine and Russia is that in recent memory, I cannot recall any time that companies and brands really took a political position mm -hmm. and, and, and so dramatically. Uh, there's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal that just came out uh, this past weekend about this and basically how companies responded within a month in terms of their presence there. Um, you know, there's a, a really well-regarded academic at Yale, Jeff Sonnenfeld, who's actually all over kind of the, what yeah. companies are doing in Russia and how that's how that's actually, you know, and, and, they're tra and he's tracking it with a team of students. So I think if we look at that, I think that there has been a dramatic shift in terms of brands and leaders taking action on issues of consequence. And this is that, this is that moment. I don't think we've seen anything like that. So I think oh, as, I we look, as we look at marketing, brand, reputation, uh, positioning yourself in, in the global space, which is where I've lived my life, I think that is really a fundamental dramatic shift. I mean, we can talk about the way, you know, different technologies have changed things and you know, social media or digital media or whatever. 
But I look at it really from thematically how how brands are really being forced to really have have a, a reckoning. There's been a reckoning. And I think that's the most powerful thing that I've witnessed. I don't think I could agree with you anymore because I, I've been around a long time too. And you never thought about brands taking stands on any kind of social or cultural issues or even being forced to. And that's kind of where we're, where we are right now. So you shift. Okay. I'd like to finish up with a little lightning round of questions. Are All you right. I, this? I, can, I, I feel like I'm on, you know, what was it, Jeopardy or Password? Jeopardy. <laughs> I hope I can answer your questions. Uh, I'm sure you can. Don't your, test me. Don't uh, test me. <laughs> your favorite social network. Your favorite social network. I mean, LinkedIn. Okay, there you go. Um, something people would never guess about you, Jacqueline. I, when I was a little kid, I twirled the baton with fire. With fire? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I never would have gotten that part, especially the fire, even if I got uh, to the baton. Or, or, um, maybe people might know this. I finished nine marathons. I mean, uh, you know, and I have that, you know, my, my athletic side is I don't really talk about it that much. And I've, re- I've inter- the other thing I think that's interesting that's relevant to this is I've interviewed a lot of famous and not famous, over a thousand people around the world. Mm, there you go. That's a big number. The last series that you binged. I have to be honest, I have, have with this, I have absolutely no time for TV. Wow, 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 <laughs> I wow. I have no, no time, no time. A food you can't live without? Oranges. Oranges. What you miss most about pre-COVID life? Going to the movies readily and freely with lots of people and eating popcorn. Mm. You can go to the movies now, but it's, there's still not the audience groundswell like we had before. No, not yet. Uh, not yet. And what motivates you to get up in the morning? Life itself. Wonderful. Wonderful. So um, where can people find information about this, the website, everything else? Again, I will have all this in the yeah. show notes so people can yes. sign up because it, I mean, really, it sounds like a fantastic event that you're creating and it's free. We love free. So um it, it may not be, is who knows? Maybe it won't be free in future years. You'll be so successful with it. No, no, I don't want to make money from this. This is, I have absolutely no monetary interest. It's not a driver in any respect. It's the way it is. It's fundamental to the brand. Um, the way, where they can find out information about this is uh, it's on the website, globalbrandconvergence.com. They can go right on the website. And right on that first page, you can register for the event. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, and it will then, once you register, it'll send you back the Zoom link for the event itself. And right now we have people coming in from 27 countries. Wow. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. I wish you the best of luck. Thank I you will so su- much. I will make sure I sign up because even if Wonderful. I can make, make the whole thing, at least I can get some of those, watch some of those video replays afterwards. Um, And thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's absolutely been a delight and an honor to be with you today, Joanne. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. 
And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there. <laughs>